How do you identify a learned man? By the degrees after his name? By the diplomas on his wall, perhaps, but not necessarily. You know, the man who invented or significantly improved the electric vote recorder, the stock ticker, duplex and quadruplex telegraphy, the mimeograph, the carbon transmitter and telephones, the phonograph, the incandescent lamp, the alkaline battery, the movie camera, radio tubes, and held patents on over a thousand other inventions, had only three months of formal education. Yet Thomas Edison was made a member of the National Academy of Sciences in 1927. Stephen A. Forbes, the father of the Illinois Natural History Survey, was a highly regarded professor of zoology and entomology. He was the dean of the College of Science and chairman of the Faculty Committee on Education Policy at the University of Illinois. Forbes had not received so much as an hour of formal education in any of the subjects he taught. But he was, without a doubt, a learned man. And of course, there was Solomon. His wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the East and of Egypt. He wrote 3,000 proverbs and over 1,000 songs. He spoke of trees, animals, birds, creeping things, and fish. We know he was gifted by God with wisdom, discernment, and breath of mind, but we know nothing of his education. So what makes a man learned? Well, sometimes it is formal education. Sometimes it's the personal pursuit of knowledge. Sometimes it's life's experiences. Sometimes it's a combination of all three. Sometimes it's none of the above. Such was the case with our Lord. Last week, we left him teaching in the temple, having arrived midway through the Feast of Tabernacles. The Jewish leaders had been expecting him, but had lowered their guard when he didn't show up at the beginning of the feast. When he did appear, he was able to begin teaching unopposed for a time. But before long, the religious leaders of the day began to challenge him. And their first attack was on his right to teach. Continuing our study in John's Gospel, the seventh chapter. The Jews, therefore, were marveling, saying, how has this man become learned, having never been educated? You know, in spite of what it may at first seem, the Jewish authorities were not expressing admiration for Jesus here. They weren't marveling at what he was saying. They were marveling at his audacity to publicly speak in the temple. He hadn't attended the rabbinic schools. So in their eyes, he hadn't earned the right to teach. He was not a learned man, in their opinion. 
Jesus' answer to them, however, tells us some very important things about the nature of a truly learned man, and they have nothing to do with formal education. Now, that's not to say a formal education is not valuable. Every high school counselor will tell you just how valuable it is. In fact, as Mark noted, next week we'll be celebrating Jake and Kate's graduation from high school and learning of their further educational plans. They've both done very well in high school, and I'm confident they will excel in college. However, at the rate man's knowledge is expanding today, even full-time straight-A students can't stay on top of everything. According to the knowledge doubling curve, something often attributed to Buckminster Fuller, human knowledge doubled every 100 years until the 20th century, and then began doubling every 25 years. By 1982, however, it had started doubling every 12 months, and now it's supposed to be doubling every 12 hours. It's even been calculated that in our computer-driven world, knowledge is expanding at the rate of 600 million words an hour. So is it possible to be a truly learned man in such a time as this? Is it possible to speak or teach with authority knowing that what we say is as true today as it was yesterday, even in this postmodern truth-denying world? Absolutely. It is if our learning is similar to our Lord's and if the things we teach are the same things he taught. Let's see what made him a learned man. And let's see how we can become learned men and women as well. And the first thing we'll note is that a learned man knows God's word. Verse 16. Jesus therefore answered them and said, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. When Jesus spoke, the people were amazed because he taught as one having authority and not like the scribes. The scribes and rabbis never made a statement on their own authority. They would always preface their teaching with, there is a teaching that... And then they would cite quotations from other rabbis and authorities for everything they said. Jesus wasn't like that. He spoke with authority. He didn't do so, however, because he felt himself to be the final authority on all things. He did so because he had been sent by the final authority. My teaching, he said, is not mine. It didn't originate with him. It was the teaching of the one who sent him. And who was it that had sent him? It was his father. God sent him with a message. And it was that message that Jesus shared. 
He spoke only what the Father told him to say, and he made that very clear in John chapter 12. He says, For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Jesus could speak with authority because he was speaking God's word. And so can we. You know, we don't have to know what everyone else has said about something before we can speak with authority on it. Not if we know what God has said about it. We don't have to know everyone's thoughts or the latest claims out of colleges and scientific institutions if we know the truth about it. Now, that's not to say it's wrong to try to keep up with what the science is telling us, nor that it's ill-advised to be familiar with what's being taught. In fact, I think it's important to stay somewhat abreast of current thoughts and theories, especially in the sciences that touch on human biology. But our knowledge of the origin of mankind is not dependent upon knowing the latest discoveries and interpretations. We can authoritatively state that God created man in his own image because God said it. And what God says trumps anything anyone else might say. Now, you do have to be careful to say only what God has actually said, not what others have said he said. And we must be very careful not to teach as authoritative our interpretations of what he has said as if they are what he actually said. We don't want to find ourselves in the position of the medieval church, which branded Galileo as a heretic because his teachings contradicted the teachings of Aristotle, teachings that the church had wrongly equated with biblical truth. But if we actually know what God has said, we can speak it with authority. And there's no need to be intimidated into silence by a lack of formal education. For as Paul noted in 1 Corinthians 1.25, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. If what God has to say about something differs from what a room full of PhDs has to say about it, I know whom I'm going to believe. A learned man knows God's word, and he obeys it. Jesus continued, If any man is willing to do his will, he shall know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. Jesus said if the Jews had been doing God's will, they would have recognized the source of his teaching. And that's because spiritual understanding is produced by obedience to known truth. If they had obeyed what they had known to be true, 
They would not have reacted against what Jesus was saying. They would have been doing it. And they would have recognized it as being from God. By the same token, if we want to be truly learned in the things of God, we must commit ourselves to obeying what we do know before we can really learn anything else. A truly learned man isn't one whose head is full of facts, but one who puts into practice what he knows and who benefits from his learning. And the amazing thing about doing God's will is that the more we do it, the more we are able to discover what else he wants us to know and to do. If we had to wait until we understood everything about God and his will before we did anything about it, we would never be able to do anything, so we act upon what we know. And the more we do what we know he wants us to do, the clearer will become his will in other matters. For as a writer of Hebrews noted, those who are mature are those who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. If the Jews had trained their senses by doing what they knew God wanted them to do, they would have had the discernment necessary to ascertain the source of Jesus' teaching. Let's learn from their mistake. Let's do what we know God has told us to do. The last mark of a truly learned man is that he seeks to glorify God, not himself. He who speaks from himself seeks only his glory. But he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true. And there is no unrighteousness in him. Jesus was truly a learned man, committed to sharing and practicing what God sent him to teach. He didn't glory in his wisdom or seek the admiration of others for his profound teaching. He wasn't out to make a name for himself. He simply wanted others to know what God had taught him so they could benefit from understanding God's will for their lives. And he didn't want the credit for the good that came from his teaching. He wanted God to get the credit for it because it was God's teaching in the first place. He was simply the one sent to deliver it. I think this is so important today when we have all kinds of voices claiming to speak with authority and we have men of God who are afraid to speak with authority because they don't know God's word and they don't practice it. We can be truly learned people if we will become what Jesus was, learned men and women who understand God's will and who know what he said and are not afraid to share it.
You know, a truly learned man recognizes that he knows nothing apart from God. God is the one who gave him the ability to learn in the first place. And what he has learned has been made possible only by the continuing grace of God. Acknowledging that keeps him from falling into the trap that so many educated people fall into today. The same trap they fell into in Paul's day. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. A truly learned man avoids that danger. Because no matter how many diplomas he may or may not have, he's a man who, like Jesus, knows God's word, obeys God's will, and seeks God's glory. If you want to be a learned man, the way to start is to simply turn your eyes upon Jesus. It's through him that our eyes are opened to the truth. It's through him that our eyes are opened to the will of God. And it's through him and the spirit he has sent that we are empowered to live a life that brings glory to our heavenly father. That is where we must begin if we desire to be truly learned men and women. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. He's the source of all knowledge and truth.